Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Thunder, this is episode 212, I think. It might be 211. But either way, we are here today after the All-Star Weekend shenanigans. I am joined by t- uh, three lovely gentlemen, two uh, members of the unit. First up in Seattle, we have Stephen Dolan. Oh, you know, just hoping the baby cooperates a little bit better this time and gives me an hour of quiet. We'll see how that goes. I I thought it was great. It was an excellent transition <laughs> to my Devin Booker shenanigans. But <laughs> things are all quiet now, so that's good. Uh, next up in Nebraska, we have Maddie Moles at Maddie Moles Pod. Maddie, what is up? Hey man, not not a whole lot. Uh, All Star Weekend was fun. Um, XFL was fun. You guys know me, I can't get enough football. Um, but I also can't get enough uh, Thunder Talk, so I'm really excited to have our guest on and uh, take a trip down memory lane a little bit, as he's been a long-time friend of the pod, so I'm really excited. That's true, and uh, that, of course, is our guest we are alluding to. He is a writer for lineups.com, and he does he does some talking on Dunktail's pod occasionally, He's also a writer for Hoops Rebellion, um, and he is our recurring guest back again to talk about some basketball talk. And that, of course, is Snotty Drippin, uh, or James, you might know him as James Hollis. Did I say that right? Hollis? Hollis? Yeah, yeah close enough. Close enough. Right. That works. Also, his Twitter his Twitter name is Jason Tadumather Manny Fresh. <laughs> so, by that. I'll respect it as well. So what's up? What's it up, keeps Snotty? growing. <laughs> it's hilarious that like you call me a quote unquote writer because this season I haven't produced squat for content. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'm not a podcaster anymore. I, I'm just kind of like a hobo. I'm a Twitter NBA Twitter hobo. I just kind of hang out and like throw out two cents here and there. So uh, yeah, so I'll take it. Yeah, you know. We like to boost up our guests whenever we can. Whenever, Usually when uh, Dylan is on, who's one of the other members, he'll write like a two-paragraph intro for everybody. I don't have that skill, so I, I did my best. But anyway, yeah. Uh, we're just here to talk some All-Star uh, Weekend. Of course, you as a Boston fan, us as OKC fans, we'll get into that as well. But I think we got to start off with what I believe is the most controversial part of the last weekend which was that dunk contest. 
between Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. Uh, I don't. I propose that Dwayne Wade should be banned from all All Star <laughs> venues for the foreseeable future. Do you agree, Snotty? I absolutely second that because that's absolute nonsense and it sucks, man. Because Aaron Gordon, um, he's one of those young players that is like on the cusp of being something special, but because of where he plays and he's just kind of not quite good enough, just doesn't get the pub and the respect. And so, like, this was his moment to shine, you know what I mean? And this is twice in a row, like, you know, he's had two of the more iconic uh, dunk contest performances. And for him to get kind of robbed like this, it sucks. It does suck. And I know it's not a huge deal, but. It can't feel good for him, so. Yeah, isn't it crazy that, like, I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the dunk contest enough to, like, actually sit down and rank all-time performances, but he'd have two performances in the top, like, ten or something. Oh, absolutely. Probably, and he hasn't won a single dunk contest. <laughs> like, how does that work out? <laughs> it doesn't. It, that, yeah, I thought that was, dunk he did the off the one. side of the backboard where he was, like, spinning kind of the wrong. Like, I can't wrap my yeah. head around how that happened like i can't even imagine the movements necessary to make that dunk happen yeah and then jumping over taco fall like that's insane he's seven five he was bent over a little bit and he kind of hit him in the head a touch but it's taco fall like that's impressive i'm gonna show my age a little bit i don't know if you guys remember but back when there was nba live like 2005 2006 mm. whatever they can't they had a uh one of the mini games where you could like you know use the, little, the analog sticks and do different dunks for the dunk contest so aaron gordon was at, like it was if you just started spinning those sticks back and forth because yeah, they, the guy's a he's a freak of nature man he's an athletic freak mm. yeah it's a shame and he now is saying he's not going to be in the dunk contest anymore which is like I mean, fair. You kind of got snubbed twice, but also, like, seems a little over. That seems kind of like an overreaction to me. But it's gonna be sad if we don't ever see him again because, like, yeah, he's had two of the best performances I've seen in my lifetime. I wasn't alive to see MJ and um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins. Yes, I was thinking Elijah. I was just gonna gonna let him hang out there. I was going to say Elijah if nobody said anything. I was like, that's just not right at all. Um, But yeah, uh, I wasn't alive for that. And everyone says that's like the best of all time. But for me, this felt like the best one I've ever seen, even above Levine and Aaron Gordon. Like, I just thought it was better. I think Vince Carter uh, back in, Jesus, 2000, 2001, wherever that was, he had that that incredible show. That is going to go down as a seminal performance. But Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon probably like MJ and Dominique were such pioneers and you know, you can find the whole dunk contest online and watch it. I'd I'd advise you to do it if you haven't yet, because Mm. as good as it is compared to what these guys are doing, it's, it's like the evolution of the sport. Like these guys are blowing those guys out of the water. And I mean, you know, at the time MJ and Dominique were doing some really special stuff, but uh, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, Vince Carter, blow them out the water. You know, so, um, yeah, it, and you say it's overreaction, but, you know, NBA players have ego. You know, that's part of the part of the thing. And so, like, he he's he probably already feels disrespected because he doesn't get the shine a lot of young guys do, do. And for this, you know, he's known as a dunker. And for him to get shafted by two different dunk contests, well, even though, yeah, I don't know. I think the first one he won, too, because that, that sitting down, j- jumping over uh, the mascot dunk was pretty incredible. So, 
Um, yeah, whatever. It's, it's just a dunk contest in the big scheme of things. Yeah. Did, did you guys see the the Wob investigation of the I was about to bring that the up. judge's yeah. reaction to that was to Dwayne Wade because the because the, the story is that they all planned to have them tied so mm. they could go to another dunk or maybe a vote, but then somebody messed it up and you can see all the judges like look at Dwayne Wade one of them actually our guest namesake Scotty Pippen like glancing over at him and he's just like laughing he's already taking his earpiece out like he knew it was over it was so him I mean it's 100% Dwayne Wade and then and then they caught up with him in like a like a he was doing like a spades tournament or something and they caught up with him and he was like well other people gave nine so I mean you gotta look at them and I was like no you you know this was planned you can't say that you can't throw them under the bus like that it was so dumb i i just lost a lot of respect for Dwayne wade there yeah same it was that's a pretty whole that's a whack <laughs> thing but whatever he, he got his guy he, his guy won so whatever yeah uh, yeah yeah it's fine in the long run but yeah that was that was crazy the only other i mean the skills competition whatever it's kind of dumb uh bam won i wanted to bonus to win whatever um shay couldn't hit a simple chess pass yeah i okay so the thing with the skills competition is that like it doesn't it's just like about making threes and shay is not exactly like a lights out three-point shooter the thing about the skills competition is that it's the thing about the skills competition is that it's stupid it's just a stupid competition (laughs) yeah i would much rather see i'd much rather see like a one-on-one competition yeah. Uh, mm. king, uh, you know what? Somebody else, somebody else suggested a king of the court competition, like they do in the, the the U.S. Yeah, That's something good. like because it's dude, they dribble, they they're not going full speed, they pass it through a. It's dumb. It's a dumb competition. The, like, why do they do a layup on one side? It's an uncontested right. layup. Like, what's <laughs> right. the point of that? Yeah, do like a mid range jump or something. something. At least have it's a defender right. out there. Like, have some application of your skills. Yeah, it's stupid. A defender. That's, no, I, like I was that. saying yeah. that. I was saying that at, while it was happening. It was like, go get Lou Dort or something and just like have him defend the guys <laughs> to get a layup. Like, Shea would be able to use his skills the right way. It'd be awesome. But anyway. Set it up like a real obstacle course, like American Gladiator style. Oh, that, I don't know. Uh, change it people up hitting them with pads and stuff. Yeah. Something. Somebody, like, sh- somebody shooting a Nerf like, gun at them. They have to like <laughs> climb up those ropes and like get over the little hump, and, like I'm swing. Swing like Tarzan, yeah. I like definitely all improved All Star Weekend just now. Definitely get on this Adam Silver. Marcus Smart would win every year. <laughs> yeah, he would win every year. Uh, yeah, so a lot to be improved there. The three point competition, however, was pretty awesome. I thought Buddy Heald, Oklahoma native, won. The best shot of that event was when healed was celebrating and then the background tray was just going nuts it was just like oh yeah it's oklahoma right there two oklahoma guys just having a good time so it was exciting shout out davis bertans for saying that his strategy was to make more shots than everybody else when he was interviewed about it thought that was pretty key pretty key of unable to execute the strategy yeah he wasn't able to do it but i liked the way he went into the the company with that mindset also really good i thought overall that was one of the better saturdays i've seen everything included so uh, sure i wasn't really too uh, I, I don't know i guess i'm a i'm a old fogey compared to you guys yeah um so like it was it's cool um the dunk contest was it, it was better because you know we've had some really down years but last couple years have been pretty cool so i don't know whatever 
you guys have anything else for Saturday? So are you are you not on team TikTok then? <laughs> Dude, I was like, who are these people and why are they what are they what are these dances? What is happening here? And I They're felt like fifteen. I literally it's felt so- like yeah, I was like I felt like I had suspenders and my pants were up to my chest and <laughs> I was like eating a Geritol salad because I felt so old watching all these weird little kids. And they were like, Oh yeah, YouTube uh YouTube phenoms like was like some group was it like three guys like ape high top or whatever it was like I don't I don't know any of these people. I don't know what's happening. Did you see the Jason Tatum one where they like did the face zoom thing? And uh, then did you see this? Do you know I what I'm did. talking about? Okay. I, I posted it and I like so I actually edited it, but originally it was like it's so the thing I think they're supposed to do is like it's a face zoom, so they'll make a face and then get out of the way and the next guy will do it. And right. so Tatum was not like lined up correctly. So he was like leaning to the side. And so instead of going to the next person, it like zoomed into his face and he had this really creepy look. Like he was kind of like peeking from the side, looking yeah. from behind her. It, was, it looked so creepy. And so what I did is I like slowed it down and like made the music go really low and slow when it zoomed in on his face just to like emphasize the creepiness. And but look, the I'm video just going itself, back to I'm going back to Facebook and posting memes because I'm just it's it's I'm not, I'm social media is too much for me these days. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. I don't get TikTok at all. It it was yeah. And it was just uncomfortable young girls doing things with NBA players that clearly didn't really want to be there. So what a weird, yeah, what a weird weird thing, man. I don't I don't like it. Nope. Y'all heard it here first. Naughty's going back to MySpace. Yes, I'm. I'm going to make the high five. Look up high five. You guys know what high five is? <laughs> no, which is probably no. why it's really old. Was that before? Go. Was that before Zanga? Because I had a Zanga. Uh, I remember Zanga. It's probably the same. It's just another crappy social media site. <laughs> high five. You know. I remember Zanga. Yeah. Um, so TikTok out, skills challenge out. Dunk yeah, we talked way too long about TikTok. Yeah, let's move All on. All right. <laughs> uh, so Sunday, I uh, so the introductions. I liked the uh, Kobe tribute at the beginning. I thought Jennifer Hudson is blew it out of the water. Very well done. I did not like Common's introduction. That took way too long and half of the things didn't rhyme which bothered me a lot uh he tried to rhyme clinic with leonard and i was just like dude Mm. like (laughs) that doesn't rhyme at all and uh so yeah that just took far too long um and then i don't know i i honestly felt like the all-star game that going into the all-star game i was like this seems too complicated and it's not i'm not going to be able to keep up but it was actually kind of entertaining to like mm-hmm. have that multi-layered uh, strategy where it was like, all right, they have to make this many points in this quarter to like come back for the total. And then like, you know, the plus 24 at the end, trying to with no shot clock or no game clock. I thought that was all pretty cool. I, I think everyone agrees that ending on a free throw is kind of dumb. But other than that, I liked it. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, it was cool. So what do you think? What's the solution there? You know, like, how do you not end on a free throw? Because you yeah. can't just say you don't shoot. You just check it up again because like, I, I guess any reasonable person is just going to foul over and over. My, yeah. My question to you guys then would be like, I mean, regular games end on free throws. 
Like, what's the big deal? Like, if it was a timed game, a regular game, and he got fouled with the second left, they would have won on free throws. Like, it's not yeah. – I've heard a lot of people say this. Like, what's what's the difference? Like, Well, I think whatever. the whole point of the Elam ending is supposed to be that you're going to have a game-winning shot no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, and it was and that clear just like kind of deflate takes the air out of the balloon. Like I no, get it, I get it. The didn't. Come on, guys, that, that was an exciting. That was an exciting fourth quarter. We haven't seen an All Star game fourth quarter again. So I feel like everybody's being a little nitpicky when they're like, "Oh, but in on free throws, they played hard and they played. They cared about defense. The thing, the same thing everyone's been complaining about for years. So the free throw thing yeah. seems a little bit. Carl Lowry took two charges, which <laughs> is really so sick. That was so lame, really. I think, but whatever. <laughs> Good for you, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Charge master. Yeah, I, I think the solution, though, to the free throw, if there was one, like, yeah, I, I agree with you, Snotty. Like, the fourth quarter was really cool, and they were intense, and, like, defense was being played, which is, like, something you never see anymore in the All-Star game. But I think there is a solution for people who don't like the free throw thing to just, like, if they win on a free Like, you can't win on a free throw if the other person – so. The, the solution is for if they make a free throw, the other team gets a chance to. Well, but that doesn't back. solve the, the you need to win on it. There needs to be a game winning shot, you know, because then you have a game losing miss to end it. Yeah, that's that's no cool. That's cool. Whatever. It's it is fine. And that was kind of my reason for saying, like, how do you even fix it? Like, I don't think there's a good solution. So, like, it's fine. Whatever. Do you, do you think they're going to keep the plus 24 thing just because, like. That was for Kobe, yeah. but you know, maybe every year. I also know that there's some kind of formula that the original Elam ending uses that's not 24. So maybe they'll start doing the regular. Yeah. Thing. It's like it's like something like I don't know. It's it's different than just adding 24. They do some kind of equation. So maybe or guess what? Maybe they'll just keep it as a tribute to Kobe. So you yeah. gotta. Yeah. I mean, the trophy's named after him, so. I think it makes sense to make it a bigger number, just given how quickly you could score 24 in an All-Star game. But right. it was how long fine. do you guys think the fourth quarter took? It, I don't it know. feel like a while. Well, okay, there was also like a billion coach challenges, which was dumb. Well, I'm saying as far as game time, how long do you think it took? I don't know. Oh, so I, I really hope you have the answer to this. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was listening to a Celtics pod today that you know yeah. I don't want to. Uh, even though I would love to give the name, I don't want to give competition shine on your show, so I'm not. I mean, but, uh, I don't think we have much overlap between Celtics and Thunder fans, so by all except means. for you. Yeah, I friend. think you're the only one. <laughs> no, there's two. There's two. I know one other guy. So yeah, I listened to the uh, the Raining Jays Locked On Celtics podcast, and he said it took like 12 minutes and two seconds. He said that's yeah. what it said on the on the on the box score. Wow. He's not sure how accurate it is, but he said literally it still took about a full 12 minutes. Chris Paul had a chance to end it about three minutes earlier with that three pointer and clanked it. I think it, I think he probably would have won the MVP if he had made that game winning shot too on top yeah. of his stat line. I don't get it's why James Harden, James Harden passed up a, a wide open layup. That was nuts. That was dumb. I don't it's get. Fun. Yeah. He also, by the way, why is Giannis hate James Harden? <laughs> <laughs> That's that that pass was was wicked, uh, and he even talked about how they talk. You know why? You know why he hates him? Probably because when he won MVP, all Harden did was complain all summer, and the Rockets complained all summer. Yeah. So I I, I kind of like that kind of beef. If that's the case. Yeah, it just was so out of the blue. I just never thought that was a thing. And then all of a sudden, this All Star Weekend, Giannis is like, "Yeah, 
James Harden just doesn't pass. We were trying to get him to be the guy defending the ball. I also chucked a 100-mile-an-hour ball at him last season, so it's very clear that we don't like each other. So I'm here yeah. for it. I like, to, I like to think they argued about the MVP in a club at one point this offseason, and that's mm-hmm. why there's some bad blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably in Miami. Strip, strip club. Mm. Maybe the same club Kawhi was at. That was nuts. I just don't I don't know why I don't think Kawhi goes to clubs just because I think of him as a robot. But seeing that was just like, this is weird. Because he wears New Balances? Yeah, he wears New He seems like a New Balance guy. And New Balance guys don't seem like they go to strip clubs. No offense you know to New Balance. You guys see his new, his new kicks that he, de- he debuted this weekend? No. They were actually pretty sweet. All right. New Balance might have something on their hands. Yeah, they actually were kind of, kind of, kind of hot. So I'll, I'll, I'll uh, at you guys a picture of them if you guys can take a look. But yeah, all right, kinda... cool. We have their in. We uh, we have their intern. We have to kind of be New Balance guys, guys. We have to be fans. Hey, <laughs> Darius Basil. Yeah. All right. I was like, who are you talking about? Yeah. Look, I got to mow my lawn in something. Okay. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, shots fired. So let's uh. Can I, can I, uh, what's his segue? Speaking of, uh, speaking of shots, um, nice. I think the Thunder started off, uh, shooting blanks. They started off like five and 10 on the season. Am I correct? Am I yeah. Right? It was, it was definitely shaky. one and four. They started very bad. It was pretty yeah, shaky. Um, so here's the thing though. Uh, since November, I'm gonna give you guys some numbers. Since November 25th, who do you think the leading scorer on the uh, the OKC the OKC Thunder is? Uh, I bet it's Schroeder. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna it say. is Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder's averaging 21 points a game off the bench, and Heck yeah, yeah, that's af- that just blew my mind. I was just doing a little, crazy. And, little and I was research. just looking at the top. I was just looking at our scoring leaders, and it's like what Shea's 19.5, and then Danilo and and Schroeder are both like 19.3. Like we have three yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So again, I said they start off five and ten. Um, since November twenty fifth, where do you think the Thunder rank in wins? Mm, like across second, the league, behind, so Milwaukee. behind Milwaukee for sure. I think behind Lakers too. So probably like third or fourth. And we played a lot of games in January, so like that helps with raw a win lot. total. Yeah. What? Yeah. That, that, that's like yeah, it's it's incredible. They are actually third. Milwaukee's wow. won 33 games. Toronto's won 29. Oklahoma's run 28. Boston's oh. run 27. Lakers won 27. Wow, we're ahead of Lakers. Yeah, I forgot Toronto has been like insane. It's, yeah, Toronto's been on some ridiculous. And it's like we know that a contender is a kind of like you want to see a team that's like top 10 in offense and defense. Where mm-hmm. do you think that the Thunder rank in offensive rating since November 25th? Maybe like like fourth or fifth? Seventh. Uh, you guys are optimistic. You're showing your own, but no, they're they're not bad. They're 11. Oh, yeah. They're not, not blowing the world out the water, but they're <laughs> they're right there on the board of top 10. Defensive mm-hmm. rating, they're they're actually 10th. You know, All right. and then then you want to talk about net rating, right? We know net rating is just a, the difference between offense. They're uh, they're a solid eighth. So the Thunder are a very pleasant surprise. I did not see this coming at all. I don't know if you guys did. I know I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, and they have the number one. Uh, out of a five-man roster, they have the number one net rating mm-hmm. with their team, with their lineup of 
CP3, Shea, Dennis, Danilo, and Steven Adams. It's absolute insanity. And so, uh, yeah, man. So you guys know I'm one of the biggest uh, Russell Westbrook fans in the world. And mm-hmm. the last couple of years before this one, it hurt me, man, because Russ, you know, he, mm-hmm. he caught a lot of crit- criticism and a lot of it was deserved. Uh, I know he wasn't, I, I feel, and you got something wrong, he wasn't quite fully healthy for a lot of this. I don't know what was going on with him, but he just, he looked really, he started looking a little creaky. And compared to how he looks this season, it's like almost – he's like a different player. I can turn back right. the clock a couple. So, um, but, yeah, it, it hurt. And I know that the Thunder have really high expectations, and they, you know, they didn't live up to him. So, after the summer of, of, of upheaval, I kind of I, – I backed off a little bit. But then, you know, such a pleasant surprise. And I like Shea. Um, I'm starting to like Chris Paul, even though I, I hated him <laughs> most of his career. You know, yep. so it's, it's not, been hard. <laughs> yeah, so I think so, we came in. We called him ugly many, many times in the no, offseason. No, I never called him ugly. I said he had a stupid face. Oh, stupid face. Just want to be clear. Got it. <laughs> yeah, that's been hard. And I think the story you're telling is kind of a common one among Thunder fans. Like, there were a lot of people who, at the start of this year, were kind of like, I guess I'm going to just kind of you know, lower the dial on my fanhood of this team a little bit this season and catch back up with them whenever they're good again. And then this team's just so fun. And like that lineup with the, what, I don't know, we don't know what we want to call it yet, like the United Nations lineup or something like that. The Thunder Nations. Five people from different countries. I like that lineup is so much fun and innovative. Like, I don't know, this team's crazy, man. I started the season very like, win-win so it was like if we win great but if we lose we're closer to the lottery and so every time no matter what the result was i would always tweet out something positive because it was just like we're either closer to the lottery or we're, we won a game which is good and then it got to like oh we're actually like winning games so the lottery thing is kind of like out the window and now it's like okay we're now shooting for like the fifth seed in the playoffs and possibly like going to have a a contentious first round in the playoffs so it's crazy yeah like what we've become over the season yeah so let me ask you this james so i i was tweeting about this the other day uh the thunder have 27 games left sitting at 33 (laughs) wins so they have to go 17 and 10 to get to 50 wins which would just blow my mind after not making it to 50 in the last three seasons with russ and then with russ and pg so 15 of those games are against current playoff teams and 12 are against non-playoff teams right now. How do you think the record would shake out for the Thunder at this point? I mean, especially, like I said, they've, they've gone 28 and 12 since mm-hmm. November 25th. Um, very that strong is, defense. That's awesome. That's a you know. uh, 70% win percentage. So unless unless they start sitting guys for rest and preparing for the playoffs and that kind of you know tossing away games, I mean mm-hmm. that seems like a like a pretty it's a pretty safe bet that they're gonna that they're gonna go at least seventeen and ten and hit fifty wins, which is insane to think about. Yeah, so. it is. Blows I my mind. I do think they're gonna rest guys though. Mikey Barrett was saying this on the Down to Dunk podcast. He was basically like if. Billy Donovan is smart. He's going to rest Chris Paul and Gallinari just to, like, have them ready for the playoffs. And if they do that, like, we've seen what OKC is without Chris Paul in that one game. They just got, like, completely walloped. So 
I well, I will say in reference to that, like we've been resting Gallinari and back to backs, and I think we have three or four of those left, so those are givens. But for Chris Paul resting, um, I think he's trying to prove a point this year by yeah. not resting. I think he and and I actually heard Ryan Rosillo, who you know knows stuff sometimes, say that <laughs> he heard a story. He heard a story that Chris Paul came in to meet with Sam Presti, and Presti laid out the rest plan for him and was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to rest you. We're going to keep you healthy. And Chris Paul said, F that I'm playing. (laughs) I just want to hoop, hoop, dude. He's a hooper. So it makes sense to rest him, but I I don't think he wants to be rested. I think he's trying to prove a point that he's still capital Chris Paul, you know, you know what? He's only playing, he's only playing 32 minutes tonight. Um, he seems like he's in a lot better shape than he was in the last couple of years, right? Uh, so, like, he's, he's 34. Diet. Yeah, he's 34. And honestly, it's all house money. So, I'm with you guys as a, as a, as for Billy Donovan, as a team that's going to make the playoffs, you think that he'd just be strategic about it. But at the same time, Chris Paul is a star of the team. And if he wants to play, you kind of let him play, you know? So, yeah. Uh, it'll and be he just stumped, guys. He just he just yeah. stumped. He's got to be so sore today. I just <laughs> I, I just can't imagine what he's going through. But yeah, he's he seems like he's a spry thirty four years old to say the least. Um, so I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about you know your Celtics, James, or also you know the Rockets with Russell Westbrook there. Um, so let's just briefly talk about Rockets for a second. Um, what is your thought on this small small ball lineup? I I think this is probably one of the more controversial arguments that we've seen on NBA Twitter recently about like if it's going to work or not, especially in the playoffs. Um, so hypothetically, if they were to go up against the Jazz, which is what they would be doing right now if the season ended, what do you what do you think that's going to look like? Do you think that's actually going to work, or do they have to adapt for, like, Gobert or something? So, I think I actually looked, and I, since, the, since the New Year turned over, Russell Westbrook is the second leading scorer in the NBA, right mm-hmm. behind Dame Lillard. He's been incredible. Um, so, I I don't know about if you guys play a lot of – I haven't played a lot of video games lately, but I used to play NBA Live, like I said. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, for, for, for crap and giggles, I used to just kind of sim out a couple seasons. And you'd watch the rosters turn kind of strange. And that's kind of what I feel like with Houston. They're kind of nearing the end of whatever this thing is, right? Um, and this is like the last gasp kind of uh, new frontier move that they're making. We've never seen a team that just said, screw it. We're not going to start. We're not going to play a center. We're going to just go tiny. And they're, they're all in on it. And so far, it seems to be kind of working. Uh, the hallmark of a, of a really good team uh, I guess a contender is you force teams to adapt to your style, not the other way around. Right. And so far, I mean, look, the Rockets are, you know, the Bogdanovich Hail Mary, uh, you know, at the buzzer away from having a really great record since they went with no center. I think like, I don't know, like, like 10 and three or some nonsense. Um, so I like it because they're saying again, Hey, you're going to adapt to our style. We're not going to adapt to your style. Um, uh, is it? I think once you hit the playoffs and you're playing the the Clippers and the Lakers and the top of the top, I don't know if the Rockets are disciplined enough to make their defense stand up enough to make this work. 
So that's mm-hmm. where I'm at with that. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think they're going to win a championship with Clint Capella. I don't think they're going to win one now. I think this might give them a higher ceiling, but a lower floor as far as potential wise. So there's that. I feel like kind of ironically, like this would only work with Mike D'Antoni as the coach, but I feel like Mike D'Antoni might also be the reason it's not going to work because they're going to be tired, man. Like he only plays seven or eight guys and they've got guys banging with centers. They've got PJ Tucker out there playing like 40 minutes a night (laughs) guarding centers. And I mean, it all obviously depends on matchups in the playoffs, but I think there are some teams who are really going to be able to punish them on the glass. And I, and I also feel, I know we haven't, there's a significant chance the Thunder actually end up playing the Rockets in the first round, which would explode Thunder Twitter. Um, but I think this is a strategy that like the Thunder actually are equipped to handle because like Steven Adams, the Thunder are a bad rebounding team, but Steven Adams could feast against this team and like it hurts our rim protection, but we're not really that good at protecting the rim anyways. So whatever, <laughs> whatever. It'll be yeah, interesting. So it's it's funny because we keep. I'm waiting for the day that they get just that the the Rockets get destroyed on the boards, but they they have they're pulling the other team center so far out and it's not quite happening. Where like they're he's paused. I think when they played uh, was it Utah? One of those teams. They only they lost the rebound about like one. You know what I mean? They thought, mm-hmm. Lakers so, too. Yeah, those Lakers, that's who it was. When they played the Lakers, you know, everybody was like, oh, the Lakers are about to dominate, and it's not how it happened. You know, they, they lost the round battle by one. Westbrook had his way with tall defenders, you know. So, like, you know, Anthony Davis couldn't take over. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, man. It's just really – it's it's. I, I, like, I like the fact that they are pushing the limits. I also think that this is one of those things where they're going a little too far. So Yeah, because I, I think you can – I think you can get away with it and make up the deficiency on the boards and particularly like the defensive glasses where I would be worried about them. I think you can make up for that with just ridiculous effort for a short period of time. But I worry that again, that they'll just be real tired <laughs> once we get to the playoffs. <laughs> to be fair also, I mean, they have the best and arguably two of the best rebounding guards in the league. Mm-hmm. So as far as boards go, I mean, you kind of are compensating with a very convenient uh, two-guard uh, lineup with Westbrook and Harden. But yeah, that's my my thought is also like it's going to work temporarily, and then you know if they play us, they have to go up against Adams. If they go against the Jazz, you're going up against Gobert, and then you have to go up against like probably Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee and LeBron James, like. All guys that are taller than everybody in their lineup, basically. Oh, that was really nice of you to throw Javale McGee in there. I know. <laughs> I just got to give him some credit, you know. So this is why I also see that when teams like them do something new, they're going to catch teams by surprise, and you know teams don't have to really adjust to it. But once you know NBA coaches, staff get film and they start getting data on, right, and they start coming up with counters to it, that's when we'll see. So right now, they you know it's brand, it's basically new. They just traded him on the sixth of February. Let's see how other teams are adjusting come mid-March. You know what I mean? Now they they have film, they have they have a little more uh, a little more feel for how to play them. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it, it's only a matter of time till we figure it out, and we probably won't know till then. 
but yeah, it'll be interesting either way. So, um, so moving on to the Eastern Conference, the Celtics, your team are now um, kind of creating some separation from the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. They're now um, three games ahead of Miami, who is at the four seed, a game and a half back of the Red Hot Raptors uh, uh, for the second seed. Um, I remember during the trade deadline, there was a lot of kind of tying this into Oklahoma City a little bit. There was a lot of rumors with Steven Adams and Boston, potentially a trade there, because right now they just have Ennis Cantor, who is actually did really well against us when we played against him. But I think there was concern for that, that center position. So ultimately, nothing happened, and they're kind of rolling with this lineup. So obviously, James, you're going to be more of the expert in this area. So what, what do you think about this, uh, this group of guys with Kemba and Jalen Tatum going into the playoffs? If it was the end right now, they'd face the, the Pacers in the first round, which you know seems pretty easy. But then you know, you eventually you're going to have to play the Bucks uh, or the Raptors, which feel like a little more of a challenge. Yeah, so the Celtics are in a weird kind of purgatory where they're they're waiting on their their future guys to catch up. They are they have a current star in Kemba Walker. He's little a legit all star, but he's not you know a top ten, maybe not even a top twenty type player. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Gordon Hayward, who's you know rounded back into form, but he's you know he can opt out this summer. So they're kind of in a holding pattern, right? Because and I get why Ainge didn't want to make a big move. Um, as constructed, they're really, really good, but they're, they're, I would say they're a superstar away from being contenders. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we got a guy like Jason Tatum, who, um, again, we, you know, we keep using that November 25th, that, that things kind of, when the season's hard, kind of like rounding into form, he's been averaging like 23 points a game. Uh, like at the last month, he's been averaging, uh, I think almost like 28 points a game. He seems like he's rounding it to almost a superstar form, but he's still really young. Uh, same thing with Jalen Brown. He looks like an all-star on almost any given night. But, you know, right now, the main thing with Boston has been continuity and injuries. Uh, there are four or five main guys have been in and out of the lineup with just a bunch of little things. And so we haven't seen that that core six guys really play. Um, so I really feel good. I really feel good because I did not expect this kind of season from Jalen Brown. I knew he'd be good. I know he'd be this good. Um, after last season where, you know, Kyrie left and Al Horford took off, so unexpectedly, I would I, I was expect I didn't know what to expect, right? I, I knew that that they're well coached and had good talent. I didn't know they'd be this cohesive this quickly. Um, we keep talking, like I said, that November twenty fifth, uh, the Celtics are number two in net rating behind the Bucks since then. They're like number three or four in wins since then. Uh, four in wins right behind the Thunder. They mm-hmm. on any given night, like we you know, they blew out the Lakers. Uh, they had an early season comeback win against the Bucks, and then. Sure, the Bucks. The Bucks are the Bucks, but they, they, they almost doesn't. The Celtics almost never get blown out. There's only been one, two games, but they lost by double figures because whatever. No matter who's on the floor, uh, you know, Jalen Brown's outplayed Jimmy Butler. We've seen. We just watched. Uh, we watched Jason Tatum outplay Kawhi Leonard. So, as a Celtics fan, this season's been a lot of fun. Um, and it's funny to remind yourself that just like ten months ago, people were laughing because. Boston didn't want to, Boston, or, you know, a year ago, Boston didn't want to trade Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for Kawhi Leonard. And we're seeing these two young wings come into it. So um, in the NBA where versatility is more and more, like, it's, it's all about versatility and nothing's more versatile than a big wing. 
So mm-hmm. Boston has mm-hmm. a ton of big wings. Um, and you no, know, look, look at Shea Gilgis Alexander. Look at the guy, your, your boy Lou Dort can you know guard everywhere. So mm. he's not much of a score. But yeah, having big wings means a lot. So with the Celtics, sure. Um, would I didn't want Stephen Adams because he just doesn't seem to fit. I love Stephen Adams. I love his personality. Mm-hmm. And I think he's good for you guys. But I think uh, his defense is a little bit overrated. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Not positionally. Against other bigs, he's fine. But, like, like he's not much of a shot blocker. He has games where he just kind of – it's weird. Guys go right at him. He just – he just I don't know. I don't know what happened with him. Um, so I, I didn't think he really fit what Boston really needed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, Daniel Tice is doing a really good job manning the middle, even though he's really a power forward. Um, and he'd be better served as a backup center. Uh, I think Grant Williams as an undersized, you know, mini, mini poor man, Draymond is doing a great job. Um, so, yeah, they definitely could use another center. Robert Williams has been out for a long time. He's supposed to come back next month, and that'll help a lot. Uh, but there wasn't a trade I really saw that would, you know, that made sense for the Celtics. So I'm fine with rolling with it. So is, is there anybody in the buyout market uh, that you're looking for? This is just um, kind of like wrap up the the roster a little bit. I'll say this. If a guy like Wayne Ellington was, I mean, that would be my dream. Uh, a shooter off the bench, uh, uh, a real deal, like he can give you eight to 12 points on any given night and just spaces the floor. And but right now that's where the Celtics problem is. No, not just center. Uh, because I think Tice is doing fine and the rotations of centers is, is fine. But right now the bench has been atrocious because uh, Marcus Smart is starting a lot, but even when he does it, they're just, Carson Edwards isn't getting it done. There's, there's very, there's nights where there's almost no scoring from the bench. So thankfully, there's three 20 point, you know, three 20 point scores, and and um a guy like uh, uh and a guy like Gordon Hayward is averaging like 17. So that that's good. But otherwise, Boston's really top heavy. So a guy like Wayne Ellington, um, somebody tried to mention to me Evan Turner, which I almost vomited. Just keep him away from the Celtics. Like seriously, dude, it's 2020. When we Evan Turner, yeah. So. So yeah, a, a shooter, a nice a shooter off the bench. Um, that that'd be ideal. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned how important big wings are, and I think Thunder fans kind of get that this year because we really don't have any. Uh, and and I'm I'm long on the record being like, give me twelve of those guys and one center, and I'll go to war with that. But got me to thinking because we just played, and that that was kind of a problem for us, and. Brad Stevens did a really good job. You guys attacked the boards really hard and killed us with offensive rebounds. And then they were attacking Gallo every time down the court, you know, which are like, which are really playoff moves. And you also said earlier how like you kind of get to the playoffs and the coaches make these adjustments. So it just got me thinking. I was like, I wonder, like the Celtics kind of operate close to their playoff ceiling in the regular season because Brad Stevens is so good on a night to night basis with these adjustments. So when they hit the playoffs, like, what do you do? You see any like uh, rotation moves or strategic moves that could really take them up to the next level, or do you think they're kind of shooting all their bullets in the regular season or already? No, I absolutely think there's some uh, moves. He'll just uh, by strictly by less is more. Like you just make Mm -hmm. sure you uh, you play Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart. you, you just play those guys like 40 minutes a night. You cut the rotation down to seven, eight players, you know, seven players, I guess. Um, you uh, – and another thing is health because, we, like I said, we have had guys in and out of the lineup with – just like right now, Jalen Brown's dealing with ankle issues. 
Um, Campbell had issues. So if you just get the, the 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 main six seven guys and have them in the rotation, and you could you can have Gordon Hayward play the backup, basically play backup point guard, and have Marcus Smart, you know, just do Marcus Smart things. I think that that makes a big difference. Um, I know that. Brad Stevens also does do a lot of lineup things during the season, tinkers with them and try different lineups that don't, they're not working, but he, he puts them out there to observe. He stopped right. doing that. Yeah. Billy's real big that. on that stuff too. Right. And it, it people as, fan, as fans, we get pissed. Cause like that was a winnable game. Why do we win this game? It's fine. It, it's, I mean, that's what the whole regular season for. Right. So it's I an think investment. That's, yeah, it's an investment. You, you take the, you take the loss for the data and the information you gain. So, um, you know, hey, honestly, Cantor's been fine in spot duty, right? He's been fine. I think there's been a handful of times when he's just been bad. But, he's, he's, you know, he's been deployed very selectively. Uh, honestly, his minutes will probably get cut. You won't see a lot of Cantor in the postseason because team, teams are going to just go at him in the pick and roll. So uh, I, I, I do think there's another level, and I do think Brad Stevens is, is smart enough and canny enough to maybe keep stuff in his back pocket that you're not going to see until the playoffs. Yeah, and hey, we love Marcus Smart around Oklahoma. He was actually at OSU when I was in college there, and so I can almost even forgive him for picking Shea's pocket in that game. But, <laughs> hey, guys, we got some mm. Twitter questions, right? Heck, yeah. Um, due to time, we're probably not going to get to all of these, but I wanted to I mean, at least. You guys only on for an hour? I can go. Let's do it. Well, mostly because all of us can make it longer than that. But <laughs> if you're willing to stay longer after other people leave you know feel free oh yeah, some of you, some that, you guys um, leave I, I might, what a bunch of what a bunch of weenies. i might have to sign off i might have to sign steve off. is a weenie steve what a wuss <laughs> what a wuss dude come on oh i got a life i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> i have a car i have a big i gotta go do like real life stuff and not talk <laughs> basketball oh, weenie. i have a child <laughs> i'm just doing all these adult things Ugh. I am shamefaced. <laughs> Sad. All right. Uh, so Jerry actually asked a Twitter question: Why Snotty Drippin? I feel like we've already covered that, but I wasn't on the last time you covered this on the podcast. So I was just generally curious for my own sake. Why? Why Snotty Drippin? Um, because so again, I said compared to you guys, I'm ancient, but yeah. Uh, during the MJ days, everyone, you know, Mike was the man, but Scotty, Scotty Pippen's game spoke to me more. So I was a big Scotty Pippen fan, and um, like I said, we used to play the old NBA live, whatever. So this a it's a it's a homage to Scotty Pippen, you know. So just snotty dripping, and yeah, I, I went with it. I, I actually changed my my ad name for a while to try to you know to go to the whole James Hollis NBA, and I wasn't the same person. It was like. Uh, <laughs> It was like, you know, it, it was I lost my superpowers or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's just just homage to Scotty. Scotty was if, if you guys anybody who hasn't really, you know, you see him now and he's he's judging the all-star game and somebody tweeted out his face looks like a disguise, which hurt my heart. But uh, <laughs> go watch old Scotty Pippen highlights, man. He was like, you know, LeBron James is like Scotty Pippen 2.0. LeBron's yeah. bigger, faster, stronger, but Scotty could do a little bit of everything back in the day. Uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. Great defender, you know. So yeah, he he was he was an awesome player. Yeah, I feel like he just. I mean, this is a, a something I've heard all the time, but I feel like he just gets kind of lost, you know. Just like if MJ wasn't on that team, like how people would remember him versus how they do now, I feel like would be totally different. It kind of like that. I mean, obviously, like winning six titles is awesome, but like 
I think he would have been. I think MJ sort of like clouded his fame a little bit, just because it's like MJ's. Of a, of a, I'm trying to think of a, of, of a comparable player. Um, yeah. Because like, like he no he was really good. I don't think he would have been the best player on a contender, even if he they did find the year after MJ left. And I think there was certain holes in his game. There was nights when he'd go seven for twenty two, and because he would just no whatever. But as a second, as the as the as the the second, you know, the the sidekick, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. As you know, step up at certain times, and he'll have great games like a, like a super duper star. But he wasn't really super. But yeah, he just had the great demeanor. Um, the defense was insane. He has long arms. Like he literally shut down Magic Johnson in in the finals. You know, and this mm-hmm. Magic Magic wasn't quite prime Magic, but he was still Magic. So yeah, so yeah, definitely, it's one. Of, he's one of those players like. People, oh yeah, Scotty Pippen, you know, and in the future there's yeah. gonna be time. Like, oh, who's that? So he, he, yeah, yeah. So he, it's one of those, one of those guys. You know, there's there's a lot of guys like that. I wonder, like maybe maybe like Chris Bosh from the championship years, where he mm-hmm. he's really mm-hmm. good in his own That's right. But, so yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to think of some of those guys because a lot of those guys never find their perfect situation to be the second guy on a championship right. team. But hey, oh, while we're talking about Scotty Pippen, sorry to uh, shout out to at Extreme Thunder fans who took my tease of this where I posted a picture of Scotty Pippen and a picture of a girl with snot dripping. And he asked us a Twitter question that I think implies he thought our guest was Scotty Pippen. So sorry to disappoint you. Oh, hey, ask the question. I'll answer it like I'm Scotty Pippen. Oh yeah. It was a who on the thunder who it was paraphrasing who on the thunder reminds you of yourself or one of your teammates. <laughs> Maybe he thought you meant like a church league or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, so if I'm looking back at those old Bulls teams, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's tough, man. Um, so now that, that's a terrible question. I can't. I can't answer that question. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry man. Shots fired. No, no, right. no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was a good question. I don't want to make fun of my homeboy. It's a terrible question for our guests. For me. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, me to yeah. answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you. All right. This is actually a question that from someone who understood the reference. Um, this is from at Michael Clampett. He says, if, and this is a colossal if, CP3 were to win a ring in OKC, would he have his number retired here? And if so, would it happen before Russ's ceremony? Um. So, I, I I'll go first if you guys don't mind. Go I think it. that, like, and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, just now to looking in. Even to this day, Russell Westbrook is probably going to go down as one of the most beloved athletes in Oklahoma City history. Oh, absolutely. You know, he, he stayed. He, he he gave his heart and soul. And strangely enough, I think the best thing about it was he was so loved and the worst thing was because I think there was a certain point where – it became more about Russ and less about the team. And that's not a good thing, even though it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't malicious. But I think those last few years, you know, that it, it the balance was off. It, it The balance was just off. And that's why this is one of those, those rare trades where this was great for both teams that, you know, I think it was time to move on from Russ and Russ is in a better, not a better place, but like now he's playing and he's, you know, he looks better and he's in a, a environment that he's not kind of like, you know, they're not allowing him just to do whatever. And the Thunder obviously are fun and and have great assets. And you know, moving forward, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So I think, and it, it happened the best possible way. It wasn't his. He didn't for he didn't force a trade. 
you know, they like he like the love he got when he came back to Oklahoma City was incredible. That was awesome to see. So um Yeah, I don't I'm not sure there's ever been a breakup as amicable as Russ in Oklahoma City. Absolutely. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Everybody still loves each other. That's mm-hmm. an awesome thing to see because I love I, I was a big fan of the homegrown Russ wants to you know the trade the draft that they wanted to stay. I was a big fan of that and I hated to see how it was kind of devolving and, and deteriorating and just not working. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing to see. So yes, I think um if Chris Paul stays and wins a championship somehow in the next how many years he has left on contract? Two more after three. This. three. Yeah, two after two. This yeah. Whatever. So like as, as unlikely as it is, unless they, they they somehow swing another big deal for somebody. Um, as good as the team is, it's fun, right? I, I think the ceiling of that team is not quite championship caliber. If that happens, if that happens, then absolutely, I think his number will eventually get retired, but not before Westbrook. I think Westbrook's gonna get retired the first possible chance it can. Um, and even today, win the ring, it's gonna be awesome. Obviously, he'll be he'll be beloved there, but I still think that, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, Westbrook will still be seen on, on another level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was there was a cold as balls episode with Kevin Hart where he was on that. Russell Westbrook was on that episode and he I forget the question, but he was basically like or no, the question was basically like, what do you think about these um like people teaming up to form these uh colossal teams like with Kevin Durant to the Warriors, LeBron in Miami, et cetera. And he was basically just like, That's not my game and that's why I'm going to stay in Oklahoma City for the rest of my life. And then watching that now, it's like uh, it's so heartbreaking, but also it, like you said, he was like, he was uh, fully committed to staying here for the rest of his career had this whole Paul George thing not happened. So that's something you don't ever really see in this day and age with like an Anthony Davis to the Lakers, Paul George, obviously like teams just kind of want to go where they think they're going to win the most. And Westbrook was a huge exception to that just because he, he valued loyalty over, uh, championships essentially, well, like, not just loyalty, but uh, 100 and you know, 200 yeah, something million right. dollar contract. I thought that's that true, <laughs> but you but could have gotten that elsewhere, you know. No, I you mean, could not have, not remember, all it, not all of it, yeah. not all of it. There you go, and get it, get every penny, young man. I don't blame him one bit, but yeah. at the same, yeah, it, it's it's um, so yeah, to answer that question, it's funny to watch the fan base slowly have to accept Chris Paul, right? And even as mm-hmm. a Chris Paul, I'm never going to be a fan of his, but I'm a fan of what he handled himself. I'm a fan of how he's playing this year. He's been incredible as a leader, and uh, he's back to being like a really dynamic kind of player and looks like, you know, he turned back the clock too. So this has been this has been an all-around fun story, man. You know, Chris Paul being the vet and doing things and hitting the mid-range jumpers and Shea really kind of kind of evolving and show, and coming along as a as a star player. So it's been it's been a really nice story for the NBA, I think. And they have such a cute relationship. Mm-hmm. Love Chris Paul and Shay. Shay's also, like Chris, his apprentice, also but also Gallo. like talks bad about him and stuff. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah. I'll say another another amazing development because Dennis Schroeder was looked at as a hey empty stats kind of volume scorer, Monte Ellis wannabe type guy, and the fact that he's like a actually legit impactful quality NBA player this year mm-hmm. is so amazing because I thought I, I was big on him in Atlanta as far as potential wise. And he came to OKC and I was like, all right, well, this is who he is, whatever. He's not that good. And this year, like, like, I mean, you can't not consider him for sixth man of the year. And that's yeah. not just numbers. It's actually, 
he's been incredible. Like I'm, I watch him and it's, he's teams are terrified of him as they should be. So it, that's kind of awesome to watch, man. That's it's a lot of fun. And in the culture too, he's, he's bought into the culture too. And, and that, that's really exciting to see a guy that should honestly be starting for what, maybe 15 other teams potentially right. at least 10 uh, in the NBA. And he's, you know, he's getting starter minutes, but he's coming off the bench and you always see him like, being really excited with whoever the player of the game is, it's getting interviewed like yeah. after the fourth quarter's done. And it just, all those guys are hanging out together. Like there's a genuine brotherhood there. And you could tell, like, I think he was really relieved that he didn't get moved at the trade deadline. I think he wanted to see this thing through with this squad. He didn't want to, he didn't want it to cut short. Um, I think, and go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say like, that wasn't the perception of what, what he his mindset was going to be you know last offseason going into this one we thought that he was going to be pushing his way out he wanted to get out of there uh as soon as possible he wanted to get on a, a team that he could shine more on uh to build him up for his next deal and i think he's doing all the personal things that he wanted to do on this squad with with these guys around him so i i just think it's it's been the perfect storm in a good way for him I was going to say, funnily enough, yeah, he's averaging, what, 19 and like four and four, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't – and and playing decent defense, which is what he was known for when he first hit the league and, you know, disappeared for a few years. But amazingly – funnily enough, I don't think he'd be playing this well as a starter for another team. I think, again, this is like a perfect storm where they're asking him to do very specific things, and luckily enough, the specific things they ask him to do are things that he's good at. Come in and attack the rim. And often, often guarded by like the third best defender. Yes, exactly. Right. And he's, you know, he's, he has, he has shooters around him. That's like a guy like Danilo. And of course, Chris Paul's always a threat. And so, you know, he, he's, he has space. He has space to operate. He has, he has, yeah. So I, I, I definitely think as a focal point on another team, he would not look anywhere near as good. It could be almost more like we saw in Atlanta, you know, 16 and five and a lot of shots for not a lot of actual impact. Um, and but he's older now and more mature and he's playing this role perfectly, you know. So um again, it it's hard to quantify chemistry and somehow this team of uh you know, I thought Chris Paul would be disgruntled. I thought Danilo Gallinari mm-hmm. would be somewhere and you know, as an expiring contract get sent away somewhere to, to contend. I thought Steven Adams would be jettisoned for for salary. None of the things happened and the only way this could be better for me as a as an outside looking in kind of a secondary fan would be to see Deontay Burton actually having success. Cause I love that guy for some reason. And it's, it's it makes me sad to see that he's just not been very good this year. Yeah. Kind of an up and down season, but yeah, he's no, very down. on the lineup. Yeah. Very down. Yeah, he was, he was, he was up for a little bit, for a little bit at the beginning. And then he just kind of tanked. Yeah. And he so. got in an altercation with Dennis Schroeder in the locker room, but Hey, Dude. I got to head out of here guys. <laughs> Oh yeah, I just dropped that bomb and run off. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> that's why he got suspended for a game. Him and Dennis yeah. Schroeder got in a he got in a tussle. altercation. Ooh, um, somebody, somebody I don't know if they got link physical. I can read about that. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you something. Sweet. All right, bye, Steve. All right, Hi, bro. Yeah. Well, hey, real quick, James, what do you got against White Claw, man? Oh yeah, we need to discuss this real quick. Wow. Yeah, well, I, this no, is a no, White Claw podcast. Okay, they're disgusting. They're horrible. They're just Why? they're gross. Um, because whoever designed whoever designed them decided their taste buds suck and they just taste they taste bad. Mm. 
I don't think they're gross. Say that. So, so are you a, a Bud Light seltzer person? No, then? that's gross too. Are you that's just like anti-seltzer? No, because um, I, well, I know Corona has one called Corona Refrescas, and I don't know if it's a seltzer. That might be actually a malt thing, but, but they're delicious. Um, what about so maybe I'm anti-seltzer. Truly's are pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think you just don't like seltzers. That's what we. I'll say doing. this: if I'm going to drink, I'm going to just drink. And if like you don't, those things are low alcohol content. They're just they taste stupid. So if I want to drink, just make me a margarita. Just drink tequila or whatever. So what? Dude, I don't want. Yeah. Listen. Just listen. 100 calories per per can. You can. So drink, listen. This is not about so- macho or anything. This is like, look. I'm not going to count. If I'm going to drink, I'm not going to count calories. That's just dumb. Like, if you're you're already drinking, just drink. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I go, I go to the gym four or five times a week, and I'm in pretty decent oh, shape. Oh, so I can I can wait. I, I don't have to worry about calories. I'm not a, you know, so whatever. Listen, not all of us, not all of us are go to the gym that much because we're lazy. So in order to <laughs> compensate. We have to drink low calorie. Drink gross, drink, drink gross drinks. It's I get not it. gross, dude. If you it's have delicious. to drink disgusting drinks that right. don't even get you buzzed, just for whatever reason, what then I mean, they're all gross. It doesn't matter. No, yeah. Which ones have you had? So how many do you have to drink to get a buzz? <laughs> Nineteen. It depends of them. on how fast you drink it. You could like um, chug one down, you're buzzed. So I will say this though. Uh, you know how many carbohydrates whiskey has in it? Who cares? It's whiskey. Zero. Whiskey. Mm. Bourbon. There you go. Yeah. I see. Now I'm with you. So that's a nice alternative. Okay. I'm yeah. with you now. There you go. I'll take that. All right. <laughs> I I just don't think you've actually had the good ones. That's that's what I think is going on here. I think you had like one black cherry, well, which is the worst. Because I live one, in the real like, world and there are no good ones. So the fantasy, no world you live, had all the fantasy world where you live, there's good ones. That's also Rainbow Road, and you know, you guys have ride unicorns. Here just, in the real world, all they're all trash, and listen, they belong just, in the trash. Just get a six packs of the lime, have one. I might as well just flush my money down the mar- down the toilet. Dude, just so. have it. I just have it. It just. I would rather like, not. You. Oh man. You know what? Like, save some for the rest of us. You're missing out. That's a bad take. More for you guys, exactly. You guys can drink I just all don't the. Get it. Drink all the piss water you want. I'll drink regular all right. drinks. All right. Did you see the the headlines when youngsters were freaking out because there is a white claw shortage? This was like three months ago. And that People is the very, that's the very definition. That is the, the perfect encapsulation of why I don't drink white white claws that kind of nonsense well, okay you can't you can't take like the people involved and like take that against the the drink like i don't I like can because people who drink white claws would freak out about there being a shortage and they'd also probably i don't know they, they're also just bad people so wow all right <laughs> so so this is also at the same time where nobody could get a popeye's chicken sandwich so uh so okay which team what are you that? on there what Popeye's chicken? Do you hate that too? Oh no, those are elite. They actually, don't no, they actually taste good? This stuff hard to understand. Let, no. tastes okay. good. You can't do it. that. You can't do that. You can't be like, oh, the Popeye's, the Popeye's sandwich is fine, but the people are just weird, and then do the exact opposite with the white no, claw. But it tastes good. You that's, that's all it is. That's all that matters. It tastes good. You have not tasted white claw. I do not believe you have. 
I absolutely have. I've, I actually tried three different ones and and then finish a single one because the geese are stupid. I don't want to drink this. <laughs> so I mean, it is kind of hard to mess up fried chicken, but no, no, no. Come on now. We've had. I, have you guys? I, I assume you all have it, tried the chicken I sandwich. Can't, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Make it a judge here. So how you haven't tried it? I I, I tried it. Matty has. Yeah. So it's an incredible chicken sandwich. Well seasoned. It's good. Yeah, I don't get I mean, down with the sandwich. mayo. So if you get down with the mayo, like I, I just it's a Which, little bland. I wish it had more flavor. But the only way you can make it like spicy is if you get the spicy mayo. Yes. And I'm not down yeah. with mayo, so okay, like they okay. should liven up the breading. I think, personally, I just compared to the Chick Fil A sandwich, it's what it's way the seasoning's way better. So it does look crispier too, just by like a visual comparison. And I'm all down for that. Yeah, well, I am behind on the Popeyes game. Mm-hmm. I get there, brother. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm just very upset about this White Claw situation. Hey, man. Um, I, I, have, I have good taste. You have bad taste. It's okay. No, it's fine. You, that's your opinion. <laughs> we'll go with that and, and just move on. Um, but I... I feel like we don't have any more questions, actually, now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm try to move uh, real, qu- real quick, what are what are your... Uh, uh, so we're past the midway point. Uh, ask you two questions. One, who is okay. your MVP? Uh, Giannis. Yeah. Giannis. I think Giannis yeah. kind of head and shoulders above everybody, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Harden was right there for a while, but he's kind of tapered oh, off. Yeah, right. uh, LeBron is awesome, but LeBron is also, you know, the second highest... He's great. It's just I think Giannis is more responsible for a better team. So yeah, Giannis. And then, uh, what do you think is the finals matchup and the winner? Um, so the fan in me says Celtics and Clippers, but I know that's not very realistic. Um, I think too many things would have to go right for the Celtics, and you know, wrong for other teams for them to make it. Um, I preseason I picked Philly. Philly is falling apart on me. Um. Uh, I guess yeah, it's hard to see. I think Boston does have a chance, but I guess I gotta I gotta sound rational. So I'll say Milwaukee and the Clippers, uh, and I think the Clippers win it. Mm. Yeah, I think I think they hit the playoffs and they they hit the playoffs and they play every night. I think that Giannis is gonna be awesome, but I think the I think it's gonna be like strength in numbers and with the Clippers and I think Kawhi is just no one on. I'm sorry. I said Kawhi is Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, I think no one can guard him, and I think yeah. they can do. He does a good enough job as with the, with all the help around him. He'll do a better job guarding Giannis than they'll do guarding him. Paul George is going to have one huge game in the finals, um, and you know, kind of whatever. So uh, that's that's my, that's my scenario. I think I think it'll be Clippers and Clippers and Bucks, and I think Clippers in six. Now, watch because I said that it's going to end up being something stupid like Denver versus freaking Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Denver versus like Brooklyn. Oh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> so I I think honestly, and I, I said this for a while, um, I honestly think Miami comes out the East. Ooh, interesting. I I think they got now that's you know, hopefully Jimmy Butler can find his jump shot again because he's been ice cold from behind the arc since like made, Christmas. He made one three point shot in January. Like that's, it's it's been bad, hilarious. but even with that, they're still one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. They have a lot of guys that can fill it up from deep. And 
uh, Bam is a problem. Bam Skills competition champion. Bam. Bam can be a difference maker in a series, and I think that outside of maybe Embiid, there's really nobody else in the East that can check him. It's mm. funny because I tweeted uh, I tweeted early in the season that Bam has taken over as the uh, versatile you know power forward that I want ahead of Draymond. And I got called crazy, and he's been he's been better than Draymond this year. My so, my problem uh, with um, my so I get that they got Iguodala in Miami, but I really think that uh, Solo Hill and Crowder are almost like as as big as acquisitions. I don't think Iggy really has it anymore. I think we've over we went from underrating Iggy to probably rating him for a couple of years to overrating him. So I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked to see Miami. Miami is one of those teams. Though I think that is a team that we're seeing right now play at their at their absolute limit. You know, like they play so hard every night, and they, they everything's. So I, I don't know if they have a playoff gear. That's my thing with Miami. So Tyler um, Hero getting healthy could help. Eh, again, you're doing you're talking rookies, and that's my that's another thing with them. You 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 have a lot of him, uh, Duncan Robinson, basically uh, rookie. Yeah, you know. So I so I think you're dealing with such young guys that once the, the crucible of the playoffs arrives, they might not have as input the impact that you want them. Um, and so then you're dealing with you know Goran Dragic and Kelly Olynyk or whatever. So whatever, uh, they're they're fine. They're they're good. I would I wouldn't be totally shocked, but I I, I kind of doubt it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe it's crazy to say this, but I think like Toronto is the sleeper in the East. Like I think everybody just wrote them off because Kawhi left, but they're very much proving that they're like still a very good team. And I they think awesome. they, they have an awesome team. Yeah, Sorry, they have playoff experience too, which is like I mean Giannis had some playoff experience last year, but I think the experience goes to Toronto in that matchup. So, again. Um, we saw that last season, a lot of times, as great as, you know, I think Pascal's taking a giant leap forward. Outside of his first 17 games, he's falling back down. He's coming back down to earth, and he's averaging like 23 points a game since like December 5th or something. So he's not like the super-duper star he looked like to start, to start off with. And, again, you're missing Kawhi. So now you got him and him and um, Kyle Lowry. I, just, I don't know if that's enough when you go against the Giannis's of the league, and, or even if they make the finals and they're playing the LeBron James and Anthony Davis and or Kawhi Leonard, and so they're they're good, they're well coached, but in the crucible playoffs again, those fringe guys who are producing for them right now aren't going to matter as much, and their core four or five is really good. I guess if hey, if they do it, you know, more power to to Nick Nurse. So I I just you know I I think. Maybe they are right there with Boston as like a dark horse, but you know I think really it's Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee's kind of East to lose. Yeah, well, and sticking with the East for just a second, I'm really excited to watch the second round of the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs because the the coaching in that round is going to be incredible. Y'all have out of East, y'all have four of the best coaches in the NBA. Uh, Boonholzer, you got Nurse Stevens, and you got Spolstra. So, like those guys, and watching them do adjustments and and just the the matchups that they try to exploit, that's going to be a lot of fun basketball to watch. So, I'm pretty excited about that come April May timeframe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the East in general is is going to be pretty interesting now that like Kawhi left and Milwaukee is like the team to beat, but haven't made it yet to the finals so there's a lot of variables that could that could kind of change as we go along so yeah it'll be interesting to see um 
All right. Well, thank you again, James, for for hopping on the pod. Really appreciate it. Um, did you have anything to to promote? You got anything in the works coming up? Anything? Uh, uh, absolutely not. So just follow me on Twitter. That's <laughs> not even. Um, oh no. I, and I, Facebook. I had. I had kind of. I kind of I had kind of a hankering to start writing something, so maybe I'll do some kind of uh, you know post right post All Star or All Star you know team grades or something, but mm-hmm. I I'm just I've lost all motivation. That's fair. We've all been there. Um, all right, well follow him at Snotty Drippin. Um, follow uh, Stephen already left, but you can follow him at Steve Thunderfan. Matty Moles at Matty Moles Pod. Matt Tierney at Matt Tierney NBA and uh, James. One of the things we always do to end uh, every podcast is to say "thunder up." Is there a similar uh, phrase in the Celtics community you would like to say instead? Uh, it'd be something. No, I'd sound. Isn't it like CS Rise? Isn't that their hashtag? That, oh, that's the, the hashtag is dumb. I mean, the, I mean, the only thing you really. Yeah, that's a dumb hat. Because I, 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 like, I was like, "What's?" I was like, "Why is it Q's? What is, is this Syracuse rise?" But no, um, I guess one thing I would say is like, you know, we all know this, the, the cheer. Let's go Celtics! But I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm gonna do the, we'll, we'll do the, we'll do the thunder up. Okay, okay, all right. Well, thank you all for listening again. Um, you can find us at uh, OKC Topic Thunder and our website topic OKCTopicThunder.wordpress.com. Uh, we just released some SGA merch that SGA what? himself said he liked and he thought was straight fire. So shout out SGA. Um, we've also got some more merch coming in the meantime. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and be sure to leave us a five-star review and some positive ratings. If you're on iTunes, we love every single one of them. Um, so uh, once again, thank you. And as always... Thunder up! Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.